There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S. And today, joining me is Miss Jennifer. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, everyone. And we're back for episode two of season two of Handmaid's Tale. This one is entitled Unwomen, which, oh my God. Ooh, this one. I need a moment of silence. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> it it was <sighs> something else. So where do we even start? I mean, well, let me let's give the let's little give tiny synopsis like, that we you know always. Okay, there we go. Offered adjust to a new way of life, the arrival of an unexpected person disrupts the colonies. A family is torn apart by the rise of Gilead. So yeah, wow. This one like super super pissed me off but at the same time i was like yes girl you reclaim yourself you reclaim yourself girl go okay and then then and then the rest of the time i was screaming what the fucking fuck right no 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 and and double no and then and then there was the one part where i'm like oh yes dilly dilly you well done <laughs> emily well done so i think it was, it was a range of emotions i was everywhere in this it episode was. it was something else like okay i've said that like four times but we have, <laughs> we have almost like three separate stories really so you have yes. june with what's happening with her mm-hmm. you have emily what happens to her now and what happened to her before yes it, it was a really good who is Emily backstory. And I was so glad that we got the colonies through her perspective because I love Emily as a character. She was in season one. She was killing it. She was not going to go down quiet. She ran over some people before she got sent to the colony. I mean, she, she was not taking their shit. And then the one big thing I wanted to know more about from the first season and the book is I'm like, well, I need to know about the colonies. I want to know exactly, you know, how is life there? Who gets sent there? For what reasons? Do they send wives there? Well, we found out answers to those questions right. in this one, and I was super excited. And see, I wanted to know about before because we didn't get any of that in the book. <laughs> right. We did not. And so, all right, first, we're going to do June first. Because yes. let's do all of June, because obviously, Emily, we have past and present, so we'll do June. Mm-hmm. We start with June in the back of a truck, like, laying underneath stuff. Yep. Just hear, hearing her thoughts. You know, am I ever getting out of Gilead? There's probably no getting out. It's inside of you. And it's like, wow, that's kind of deep. Yeah, she is definitely, yeah, she she's conflicted. She's like, have I have I messed up? What have I done? Did, you know, shit, is there even hope at this point, basically? It's so interesting because she ends up getting dropped off. So obviously the network for Mayday is a lot bigger than we know. Yes. But she gets dropped off at, of all places, places, I'm sorry, the Boston Globe. 
Yeah, which I thought was really funny because didn't she work like as an editor for a, a book company? Yeah. yeah, and she's just kind of milling around the office looking at their cubicle stuff and, you know, seeing, you know, she finds the one shoe in the cubicle and then she finds that one wall where it looks like everyone got executed and there's the other shoe. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And so she's just kind of like, it's almost like she's a, an anthropologist kind of walking through to see kind of, you know, what went down in this place years ago at this point and just trying to like piece together you know what kind of people were here she's like looking at their their pictures and like their artwork from their kids and things like that and and she's just kind of remembering through those artifacts the life she had before right is kind of how i saw it yeah you had like kids pictures you know i love you mom and like Mm -hmm. just all this stuff it's like okay this is normal life she finds a video or well not a video a dvd friends it's like oh back where it's like you can watch whatever and you you can watch tv period yeah yeah and just like the little things and we see her when she first gets there and the guy and this was interesting to me you know she is so programmed with gilead Mm -hmm. you know the guy is like you have water you have food there's electricity don't go outside obviously somebody will be here and he's like maybe i'll see you maybe i won't and she automatically says under his eye and he's like after a while crocodile just like yeah exactly like it's just like yeah it's it's just so programmed into her you know because she knows that if she does not respond the proper way in gilead you know it means dire consequences you know any any little thing is the slightest disrespect can get you in big big trouble right so, I mean, it was just an automatic response. And I think she also said it a little, too, to kind of test him. But, again, I think it just kind of came out. And then she's like, oh, shit, I, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But then she kind of looks at him, and he's like, okay, after a while. And she's like, you know, okay, I can breathe a little bit. Right. But she's still, still a little um, scared. Well, about yeah, because she runs and hides. Yeah. Because you don't know who's coming, who's seen anything. And I would be Who could even be in there with you? Right. Who could be in there with you, you know? I was like, oh, my God, is, did she hear something? Is somebody coming? Did she hear gunshots? And I'm, of course, like freaking out. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about you. But she makes it yeah. through the night and, yeah, exploring everything. It was really, like, interesting to see her reaction because it's like, all right, so for so long she was under close, you know, watchful eye, lock and key, basically. And, and now, now she's totally isolated. Yeah. And it's like, what do I do? How do I feel? Yeah, what, what do I even do with myself? Do, you know, do I watch Friends? Do I? And so finally she starts collecting those, the items yeah. from different cubes. I'm like, okay, you know, what is she doing here? And then she goes to the wall where obviously a lot of people lost their lives. And you see her create that beautiful shrine, that immemorial. She's putting pictures up. She's putting personal items. She's lighting candles. And to me, that said, she's reclaiming her faith because she's had this bullshit of uh, the brothers of Jacob push down her throat, which is not it's this bastardized form of Christianity that she is not on board with. And you see that she still has not lost her faith. She's reclaiming it, I feel like, in that moment by honoring the victims and, and you know, basically um, setting up a, a memorial for them. And then with the scenes with her and Nick, that her gr- girlfriend is reclaiming her sexuality. Yes, because Nick Bada boom, bada bing. Yeah. yeah. Nick shows up. And this was kind of what caught me and made me a little leery. And this is what I'm seeing all over all the Facebook pages, you know, with the groups. They're like, Mm -hmm. well, how did he find out? 
you know, nobody's supposed to know what the next step is, but suddenly he knows where she is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are looking at Nick like, I still don't trust you. Yeah, so I don't know if I fully trust him either, but, I mean, and I've seen a lot of people like, are you Team Nick or are you Team Luke? And I'm, like, I don't think that there is even time to, like, do ships in Handmaid's Tale or to worry about who ends up with who. But, I mean, I, I, I know I've questioned before, after all of this, can she even go back to Luke? Does she have genuine feelings for Nick? And will Nick end up betraying her in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, I, I don't know. Or maybe Luke won't would be willing to accept her back. Who knows what's going to happen? But in this episode where, you know, they have sex, she is she, – she, she dominates him. She's, like, reclaiming herself. She is taking charge. She's having sex on her own terms, finally for the first time in forever. Because even when they were sleeping together at the, the commander's house, it was kind of like, you know, they were doing it to cope. It was like survival sex almost, and she knew she had to get pregnant. Right. Uh, but this was completely and totally on her terms, I think, and and that was kind of her reclaiming herself. And and a lot of this episode is her reclaiming her humanity, you know, trying to get back to as normal as she can. Um, definitely rec- reclaiming her sexuality and, and again reclaiming her faith that she can still have faith because at one point she's like there is no God. Right. Um, you know, what God would let, you know, this even happen. And you see that, you know, maybe she's like, okay, well, all right, I'm going to, it's, it's faith on my terms and everything's on my terms now. I may not have control of where I can be right now, but there are some things in my life that I can control. So I'm going to do it. I'm reclaiming it. So now, just to back up a little bit, because obviously Nick gets there, she freaks out, she wants out and Nick's like, I can't get you out. There's, it's not safe right now. She's like, give right. me the keys, give me your gun. Or actually, she didn't take like, your gun. He gives it to her. Yeah, and she's like, that's not how it works. He's, 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 like, he, he's like, that's not how it works. You don't understand. Right. <laughs> but you have all that happening, and then she finally realizes he's right. Where am I going to go? I'm going to get stopped. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that having to have him basically say, you're stuck here, is what kind of triggered everything? Like, screw that. I am taking what I can. And for her, for that moment, was like real hot, sweaty sex. Because even when yeah. when he's like, I can't anymore, and she's like, try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was that was her saying, fuck it. I'm going to control what I can. Okay. If I can't leave here, then, I, then I, I'm going to control what I can. I think that's totally spot on. And a lot of people <laughs> were even questioning that. They're like, oh, well, why did they have to have in there? I'm like, what do you mean, why? Because she's trying to deal with a whole lot of shit. From a rape survivor's standpoint, being able to have sex on your own terms is really empowering. So I I can see that as her taking her power back. And a lot of people, again, talking about, oh, my God, they're all hot and sweaty. What the hell? And I'm like, seriously? (laughs) I'm just putting this out as a woman. Isn't that kind of like like ultimate? You want like the... Obviously, the well, air yeah. is not kicking on either yeah, not I mean, in this place, but come on. Don't you want to have, like, really long, awesome session? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Blowing, sweaty, sweat dripping down off of you. Sex? Yes. Hell yes. Of course. <laughs> Anyone who hasn't experienced that, uh, okay, put it on your bucket list to do before you die. Get hot, sweaty, have down and dirty sex. sex. Yeah. 
have marathon sex because you got to do it at least once in your lifetime or you just ain't living. That's how, that's my opinion. All right. <laughs> All right. So that being said, I'm still leery about how Nick found her because we talked about that last episode that nobody knows what's going on. So how did he track her? Yeah. Uh, he's on the inside. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, but is he the one pulling the strings to get her out? Is it somebody else? I mean, wouldn't it be crazy if it were the commander trying to get her out because he, he realized Serena is maybe possibly going to turn him in? I, I don't know. Oh, that would be a, wow. That would be a good twist yeah. because she knows about all his books and, his, you know, the things that he's not supposed to have from the old world. And, and I think in the, the book, he gets in trouble for having those things from the old world and, and gets punished. So I don't know if they're going to include that in the television series, but that would be a twist where Serena is kind of taking back um, some of her own power. Hey, I helped mastermind this, and guess what? You're breaking the rules, so your ass is going down. Bye-bye. I guess we have to wait and see how that plays out, but. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how that goes, <laughs> especially now that June is, you know, on the run. And, I mean, the commander was there for the ultrasound. So who are we to say that he didn't tell the nurse or orderly, whoever it was, you know, hey, put this boot, this key in her boot. I mean, who knows? <laughs> wow, that that's something I didn't even think about. So that that's an interesting thought. I'll yeah, it could, be little, that over. Let that... it could be a little tinfoily crackpot thing. <laughs> or ish but uh yeah i'll just throw that out there that's ferment for a little bit all right so that's pretty much june this episode it was pretty emotional with june yep and crazy and sexy and everything and you got to see mm-hmm. nick's butt i don't know i feel like you always end up seeing somebody's butt in one of these episodes <laughs> i don't know what it is lately but you... if you see someone's ass take a shot it's the handmaid's drinking game yeah there you go <laughs> yes. all right so we're gonna go with emily now, we have Emily in the colony, so we do know what finally happened to her. They didn't kill her, which I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they didn't kill her? I mean, her I, mutilation didn't work, her gender mutilation, right. and so obviously she's not learning. You know, because they were going to stone Janine to death, but her crime was she put a child in danger, whereas Emily, her crime was she ran over a couple of the security guards, basically. Mm-hmm. So maybe they consider that a lesser crime, so you get shipped to the colonies, whereas they were ready to full out kill Janine. So I, I don't know what their justice system is. I don't know what their what what criteria will get you put where. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really interested as to why they didn't kill her. But and maybe they wanted her to suffer and go to the colonies, and that's worse than killing you. I have no idea. But we do see her in the colonies, and it is super grim. And I kind of want to know, did they even tell us, like, where the colonies are? I mean, it looks like it's scorched earth almost. like varies because in the book there was multiple colonies. Some mm -hmm. basically you're farming. Some were, like, devastated by war, nuclear war, which is – that's what mm-hmm. I had to discuss at work. A lot of people were like, well, what were they digging up? I didn't understand. They're digging up, like, the top layer of soil, and that's why the bags are marked <laughs> with radioactive signals. Yeah, I wondered that, too. So are they just, like, trying to remove that soil so that once the bad soil is gone, they can maybe use it for farmland? That's what I'm taking from it, and on top of it is also punishment for those women. It's like you're going to go and you're going to dig holes for no fucking reason. Have a nice life. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like it's a two-pronged thing. 
it's like, okay, they're going to keep digging, they're going to take it away, and then, yes, eventually it's going to be where the soil will be okay for them to use. Because they we can did see, like, up. a little garden area. Right. So, you know, I'm assuming things are growing okay. I mean, I don't know too much about radioactive soil, so if we have any scientists actually out there listening to us, we will happily take any information you want to give us. Yeah, Why? what, what would they even do to the soil to be able to use it again? How deep go, does it go? Do you have to, like, I don't know, does it just, you know, over time before you can use it? I don't know. I still think there's if they try to grow corn, there's going to, like, be mutant corn with, that smiles at you or something. Eyeballs, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's going to have ears. It's going to have eyes, too. It's going to be kind of crazy. But um, I like that Emily is a caretaker kind of person in the colonies, and she kind of takes care of those who have get little wounds. And, you know, we see the one uh, wife that gets that comes off the bus. And, yes, and I, was, I just love her, and she was brilliant in this. And she sees that, you know, Emily is kind of the go-to person to take care of people. And so Emily slowly gains her trust and tells her, you know, things about the water and, you know, helps her out with that nasty fingernail situation that happens and takes it off the soap. She's like, you know, the soap is – or the water is contaminated. It's going to make you sick no matter what. Um, but here, take these antibiotics. They'll help. Um, why are you doing this? And, you know, she said, well, I had a kind mistress. Is what she says. No, when she said that, I was like, "No, you didn't." Well, no, because that last one was. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But then we find out she's not helping her. She's like, "Bitch, you held down a woman and let her husband, your husband, rape her every month. There is no salvation for your kind. Die in pain, bitch." And I was just like. Oh damn! But it's I didn't on even the think opposite about that. of that too. We get the wife's perspective, where the wife mm-hmm. is a true believer, mm-hmm. and she's she, praying. She is. Yeah. Oh yeah, so she's she hoping to be delivered. And this is what and threw this, me. She's like basically a sin of the flesh, so she got with whoever. But my right. husband was too busy with the handmaid to notice. Right. It was like, oh shit. So. Obviously, a lot of the commanders are screwing their handmaids other than during the ceremony. Yeah, exactly. Well, because typically the handmaids are younger, particularly in the books, than the couples they're given to in order to have children. So guys in their midlife crises and, you know, hot little, you know, handmaid, you know, her sole purpose is to be here to have sex with you. And we saw what happened with Janine and her, her commander, her commander, you know. I did all the things that she wouldn't do, you know, all the the nasty things. And so, um, yeah, definitely an interesting look at, you know, but she's still so blind. Like, she's in the colony. She's been sent to the colonies by, you know, the very thing that she believes so much in and somehow thinks that she's going to be saved somehow out of this. I don't understand why she believes it. When she sees what's going on, when she's known what happens to the people in the colony, or do you think she's really that naive i think that she's just brainwashed to a point that something something breaks in people where they if something doesn't fit within their ideological profile that they have set and it's outside of that ideology that they have set their mind on that it's just something that they can't mentally accept without breaking and i think that's kind of where she's at even if you're if you're confronted with the evidence that the way you're thinking is wrong or the things that you believe in are proven to be false 
I think it breaks some people, and I think that's why some people cling so hard to their beliefs, even when there's evidence that suggests that what you believe can in no way, shape, or form be true. It was just so weird to me to see that, because if you're being sent away at that point, I just feel like you should truly just be like, okay, obviously I am losing it, because even if I was all for this, because she even says, you know, to Emily... You were a professor. I had my M- was MBA or something like that. Uh, she was an interior designer. She had an MFA. Okay. So I wasn't for the college purges. I wasn't for this. But you weren't exactly against it. Yeah. You, well, you didn't stand up and stop it either. Right. So yeah. you weren't against it, and you seem to be a real true believer at this point. So you've got this edu- this educated white lady position of privilege allowing this. Gilead and and all the horrors of Gilead to happen and not saying anything about it. And then you end up in the colonies. What do you think's going to happen to you? Right. <laughs> right. That's kind of my point, but I'm kind of apparently, surprised there wasn't yeah. like a separate colony for the wives. Well, yeah, I was surprised that they would put them together with former handmaids. I mean, you think about like when they send pedophiles um, to jail, usually they don't they don't make it very long before they get killed. I mean, or like the really bad serial killers like Jeffrey Dahmer and people like that. I mean, the other prisoners, there are just some crimes that other inmates are really like, oh, no, you're you're a shit stain on this world and we're getting rid of you right. for some true justice kind of thing. And so um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I guess you just get assigned to wherever you get assigned to. They didn't really think that through. <laughs> yeah, but it was rough. Obviously, Emily helped her along to meet her god. Oh, yes. And she. I don't she, know who uh, tied her out like a scarecrow, but the ants were pissed. Oh, yeah. I, and I don't know if it was Emily or if Emily's got helpers, but I was I was just like, oh, well, shit, she's been strung up. She is a, she is a message back to anyone who, like, comes off that bus, basically. Right. Wow. And then we see another bus pull up, and I was like, oh, my God, who's getting off of this bus now? Mm-hmm. But it turns out it was Janine. Yep, you see crazy old Janine. Like, well, we couldn't kill her. That didn't work. To the colony she goes, and she sees Emily, and oh, my God, I can't believe it's you. And they have that nice little reunion. Yeah. So she's just the next the, episode, we'll see a little bit more of that. I, I hope so. She's the unsinkable, gen- crazy-ass Janine. She's that, a that's, nutter. She's yeah. a nutter, and she's going to survive to the very fucking end. You know she we is. Her, but she's a nutter, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see. So we had everything that happened in the colony. So let's go back in time, shall we? Yes. We get to see what Emily was telling June about on one of their walks that, you know, they tried to get out, her and her wife and her child, and at the airport they got stopped. And so we get to see this whole, you know, the whole thing, like, transpire in front of us. Yeah, and and the rules are changing basically hourly. Right. And they're like, yeah, it's like crazy. Like there, you know, more restrictions with every hour. They're like, well, was that? Or when were those orders issued? With well, an hour ago. Well, well, these were issued 30 minutes ago. And they're like, okay. And it turns out, I guess her wife was Canadian. Yes. Right. Yeah. So she was allowed to go on through. And they're like, who is the biological mother of this child? Who carried the child? And was it um, your egg? Or was it your partner's egg? And I guess it mattered whose egg it was. Because I can't remember, did Emily or her wife carry Emily did. the baby? Emily did. But I think it was her wife's egg. Well, no. it Well, not in the show. They said it was hers. 
Okay, so they said it first. And this was the question we had because at the front, you know, she tells the guard, you know, no, I brought our marriage license because they said families can go through. He's like, only if you're married. She's like, no, no, here, I have my license. He's like, oh, it's good that you brought this. Now, that guy, and here's my question to you, is he trying to just kind of keep things going and keep everybody calm and quiet at the very front of the airport? Or does he really not know what's going on? Because he's like, well, you'll just need a stamp. You'll have to go to this section. Or did the orders change fast enough to say, okay, we've now invalidated all gay marriage? From the time he talked to her to the time she got there? I think it happened that fast. Okay. See, I was thinking that he was not one of those people who were totally on board. He was just, you know, like TSA there doing his job as he's told, like, okay, well, they need more paperwork. Okay, they just go to this part. Like, that he did not believe he was not part of Gilead. That's how I was looking at it. Because yeah, I mean, it's way possible. Too calm mm-hmm. where just go, oh, yeah, you just need to stay yeah. And then plus, even in, you know, before in the coffee shop last season, where you had the one true believer who was a total jackass. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't believe that the guy at the airport was. Now, the second one who was assuming the supervisor, mm-hmm. he was a jackass. Oh, he was an ass. Oh, especially the first yeah, when, you know, he's asking these questions and she's like, I need to see your supervisor. I need a lawyer. What is going on? And you even had that second guard kind of grab her arm and like shove her down. Like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, they start manhandling her. Real. So, so, okay, my question is, so did she end up saying that it was her wife's egg and that she carried the, the pregnancy so that at least they could go through? Oh. Like, did she sacrifice herself so that they could go? Well, she does say, though, that she had two good ovaries later. So I don't think so. I think she was just like, no, it's my kid. Like, not thinking about it. Right. And so it never even dawned on her that it would be an issue. Yeah, I, so, I don't know. And even when, you know, the guard is like, no, this is invalid. And she's like, by what law? He's like, the law. And looked at her, and yeah. like, oh, oh, this is when everything started going south fast. Uh-huh. Yep. And, and you can see people are tr- frantically trying to get out of the country. Yeah. Because you go back a little further, and they show us when she was teaching. Mm-hmm. And this is where I was a little confused, because you, you have one guy, which you always have this in class, and it's not any mm-hmm. one guy, girl, but it's one person in class It's always like, one asks a question, and the other one just kind of invalidates the question. And she's yeah. like, well, no, because here's the truth of it. And she goes to talk to the girl who kind of looked like she was not literally smacked down, but, you know, question-wise. And she's like, oh, it gets right. don't worry. You keep asking questions. You're doing great. And she happens to see the picture on her, on Emily's phone of her wife and child. And the mm-hmm. girl... And this is where I thought it was weird. Oh, is that your kid? Oh, he's so cute. Right. That, that kind of like, thing. Like, yeah. no big deal. But then turns around like there was a complaint about it. Uh-huh. Like, oh, my God. That girl just seemed, like, totally normal, like, not a crazy one way or another. Gilead, non-Gilead. Yeah, and you've got the and, – and, and Emily is openly gay, and, you know, she doesn't really, you know, see the need to hide it. 
but her male friend, who's a professor, I think, too, he, he is gay, and I think he even has a husband. He's like, well, I took pictures of me and my husband down because, well, you know how things are going right now. I just don't want to take any risks. And he ends up being strung up outside I of the died. university. Oh, my God. I was so mad. Now, I have to ask you, too, because I thought it was weird. They made Emily, back in her professorship, look so much older mm-hmm. than she did as a handmaid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was the makeup that they did or or what, but, yeah, she looked older as a professor. And maybe it's just, you know, the, her demeanor, you know, where she is in a position of authority. And, you know, maybe that made her look a little older, whereas, you know, the handmaids are just kind of, like, traumatized and okay. child. And they're treated like children. And so, you know, okay, well, I'm being treated like a child. So, uh, but in the colony, she was looking really rough. Yeah. <laughs> Also, radioactivity all around. So, yeah, well, oh yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> hey, that might be a cool there's, twist in the there's, the there's the answer to the Avengers. <laughs> there we have it. This is how we end it. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, all sorts of insanity. The little bits of past, present, and future. What's happening? And I just, I, I want more. I, I definitely got to have more. And I am so excited. We're going to that screening at Savannah College of Art and Design in Atlanta for the third episode, and there's going to be a little uh, discussion Q&A session with select cast and crew members from The Handmaid's Tale, and we are super excited. So more on that later for you guys. Hopefully Jennifer will be able to get some pictures or video or something so we can post that up so you can see what she's seen. And oh, yeah. as always, check out the website, fangirlzone.com. You have all our contact links there. It makes it so much easier because I don't remember them all. Shoot us a message because we want to hear your theories about everything. And as always, check out Hollow Nine. And Jennifer can tell you a little bit more about that because that's where you can find her way more often. Yep, I am Jennifer Nine. I am over at the Hollow Nine Network. That is the word hollow, the number nine I-N-E, because we're cool that way. Um, <laughs> we have a, a lot of different podcasts over there. There's a little bit of uh, something for everybody, and we do have some Fangirl Zone podcasts over there in syndication. So you can check them out there and check them out on the Fangirl Zone as well. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm spread out throughout a lot of the shows. So, um, <laughs> if you look, you'll find me. I'm there. Definitely check out Tangent City, which is our first original audio drama. Um, if you go to tangentcity.hollow9.com, it'll take you right to it. It's pretty cool. We're getting ready to release episode six soon. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Jennifer9, spelled like Hollow9 with the nine I and E on Twitter. I'm, really bad at Twitter. Um, so if you want to get an actual answer from me, send me an email. I'm Jennifer at Hollow9.com. All right. So everything insanity that was Handmaid's Tale. We hope you enjoyed our little recap and we want to hear from you. And we, will, of course, we'll be back for episode three and the rest of the season and maybe even season three. I'm kind of hoping that's already going to happen. But Oh, I, I totally am down for a season three. Totally. There's so many stories that can be told. So for this episode of Handmaid's Tale, I am Sean Fangirl-S. And I'm Jennifer Nine. And until next time. <laughs>